What's up, guys? So we're basically starting off something new here. This has uh, been an idea of mine for a little while. I brought it up to Tate, hell, like six or seven months ago. And and he basically told me, do or die, put the podcast on, me and you will start it off, and we'll go from there. So, you know, things happen like uh, like life. Uh just time passed by. So, anyways, we're back at it. We're uh, making a lot of things happen. Uh, season's just around the corner, and first episode to put out. I figured, you know, why not bring Tate in and and kick this thing off since it kind of started behind the scenes with him and uh, and talk about just what Spent Shells is going to talk about and what we're going to bring to you here, um, and and basically go back in time with him back to what 2011, I believe it was. Uh, on on decoy outdoors, uh, pro staff and, and blowing R and T duck calls and talking with Butch and sharing sound files. I, it, it goes way back, and then we'll we'll follow into just how we're connected back now and and chasing some some muleys and some geese and everything else in the works and hopefully an elk here soon. But but I got Tate on the phone now. He's uh he's in Utah and he's uh doing this over the phone for me. And uh, Tate, what do you? What do you think got it all kicked off? Was it was it Butch or was it just the the calling in general? I think it was between a mixture between Decoy Outdoors and Butch. Um, Butch always told me about you, so then I became friends with you, and then kind of rest was history. Um, I know, I know. Um, I kept hearing like about Tate through Decoy Outdoors. We were both on the pro staff. We both got. 2700 shirts a month and um and we we were just posting pictures back and forth facebook was you know getting started good and we were connected there and and sound files between me you and butch back and forth phone calls and everything and uh man i I just kept remembering going to worlds and i was like uh which i was getting better but i wasn't great at the time and i was like man why is tate not coming to worlds and and then finally you got to to jump on a plane and come down there, dude. What did you think about the whole Worlds experience? Man, Worlds, like, that was a whole new world for me when I went from here to there and the culture shock from that place and stepping on that stage and seeing, going from 100 people to watching you to a couple thousand, it was a... It was kind of terrifying, to be honest. But <laughs> that stage is terrifying. I swear um, that stage gets me every time. Every time I step on that stage, I'm up there doing the stanky leg just from shaking <laughs> so bad. Oh, man. I know uh, but, the the Arkansas experience is, which it's a little different now once you've done it and everything, but just flying in and downtown, uh, hitting the R&T shop, which it is nothing like it used to be. But... Um, Going in there, everybody's banging routines out, and Butch is hitting you with acrylic rods, and and then you uh, <laughs> you run over to Max, and snow geese flying. It's just an all around experience, dude. Oh yeah, I remember when I when I first rolled into the R and T shop, and how Butch was just right there in the front, and uh, I walk in there, and I'm like, "Hey, Butch, it's finally great to meet you." He goes, "Where's your duck call? Yeah, <laughs> get back here and blow a routine." <laughs> you got your duck call, we. And I said, I'm yeah. talking. He goes, let's 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 run a routine. <laughs> I'm talking like there would be four or five people standing there, wanting to buy 120, 150 dollar duck calls, and he catch a glimpse of you through the crowd, and he would just shut the window on them. Get back here, blow a routine. 
Open that hand a little more. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then he'd whip your ass for not doing something right. Oh, he'd let you know. For sure. Oh, I'm, I miss that guy. I know Um, I hadn't been in the calling contest for a, for a minute. Um, One, with Butch, and two, the scene not being what it used to be. Um, the crowd not being what it used to be. I mean, it was it was a get together uh, going to these different contests and stuff. But uh, I'm really, if I can get work straight, like this year I have an outage to work, so I definitely can't practice and compete. That way I can go to World Cup. I know I'm not going to be able to make November anyways. But I really think within the next couple of years to get back in this thing and and do a tour of some of the big contests just. Take some time off from hunting one year and, and just hit some of these big calling contests. See what it's see what it's turned into now. Right, and what the ICA is doing too, man. That's that's changing the game. They're they're bringing it back to what it used to be. Um, the Utah contest has come so far from what it ever used to be, and that's the only contest I've been to in the last gosh eight years, seven eight years was only been Salt Lake. And just to see the transformation that that's done in the last seven years, it's crazy. But um, I, I, there's the Squad Fest I've always wanted to hit up. Um, what's the other one? Pre, is it Presley's? Yeah, I, Presley's is the one with like the big World Cup uh, looking trophies. I want one of them son of a gun. Yeah, yeah. But that's those contests are just like competing at Worlds. You're gonna you're gonna compete against the toughest dudes out there. And you ain't lying. Like Mike Benjamin, he's usually, I think he won the one the Presleys this year, and then I think he won Squad Fest too. Yeah, Mike Benjamin is a freak. <laughs> he a freak of nature on both a duck and a goose call. Yes, um, so so the calling contest kept us connected, um, you know, halfway across the world, uh, and then I don't even know what. I honestly don't even know how in the world we got on the topic of I've always wanted to shoot a mule deer and and I I didn't want to put in for points and stuff so I, that's why I looked for you know a, a place in Idaho um, to, to jump on uh, like an over-the-counter tag and uh, heck I don't even know how we got on that topic but friggin 10 years later we <laughs> We roll in, somehow carry on a conversation, ended up buying a over-the-counter mule deer tag. I spent like six grand on gun, backpack. I did not realize you had to have so much crap to go out here and just just even try to hunt. You know, we ain't even broke the surface on what it takes to get out there. But, dude, what, what was your thoughts on uh, that first year of us staying at the lodge with all those dweebs and, and then loading up the ranger and going into the world of unknown? Well, it was a new area for us both. I'd been in the area. You've never even seen what it looked like, but um, I was nervous just because I didn't know how many people were going to be there and stuff, but uh, when we rolled into that lodge... And I seen them, those guys, man. <laughs> I'm about shit. And I was like, oh no, don't listen to these guys, man. <laughs> let's We're like, just uh, let's just branch off and do our own thing. But that one dude, he sure loved you. Oh Jesus, dude! But like, literally, <laughs> would pull up a map and be like, "Yeah, I seen about." three does over here i'm like yeah so we're gonna go far away from where you're even looking <laughs> and that's what that's what it took man we 
we uh, got out there and it was hunter after hunter after footprint after horse after orange guy climbing a mountain like jesus and the sudden weather change i mean it was it was a punch in the gut all week long and and finally you had to go to work so i was stuck with the dude who had a fetish for me like we almost broke his truck in half that morning going down that rocky road oh my god oh yeah he wasn't letting off of it either he was straight sending it but and the uh, 1998 Dodge Cummins just hammered down. <laughs> we were sitting up on that face glassing, and I knew we wasn't going to see Jack because me and you had already glassed it like two days before. And I see you come freaking, I heard you on the radio, and you're just, yeah! I mean, screaming on the Ranger. And I looked at him, I'm like, well, time to go, bud. <laughs> he was like, you want he me goes, to go? I remember what he said when I pulled up because I screamed on the radio when you were up on the mountain. I said, I'm here, bitches. And, uh, you come rolling down the mountain about 20 minutes later. He goes, where are you guys going? I said, kill a deer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and swear to God, we rolled into where we've not even looked, you know, nowhere near where we were even hunting. Get out the ranger, and I'm just sitting there, like, pissed off. You know, we had one day, and that evening and then that next morning. And glassing up, you go, found one. And I was like, what, the, what you mean you found one? And he was like. Yeah, we weren't even, we weren't even there five minutes. No. And it was it was just meant to be like yeah that was dead set and I said found one he was like yeah look and I went to look and he was like nah man that's a big deer we gotta go <laughs> man I just wish when, we could when you when when you can see antlers through a spot and scope at God how many that had to have been five thousand yards and you see antlers like that poking out in spot and scope you know it you know it's a big deer you ain't kidding. Uh, it was like 4.2 miles to get to where we shot on the – I mean, I know we did a little bit of backtracking and, and climbing over this way and that way, but it was on the tracker, uh, hunt-wise tracker, it was like 4.2 miles. And I was like, Jesus Christ. But <laughs> and that, that's, not, that's not even counting the up, down, up, down. That's no, just, that's straight line. <laughs> yeah. And that thing was a steep – Son of a bitch! I'm telling you what that that was that was a good taste of what it took to to kill a big deer, and and dude, if we would have shot that sucker, we didn't get back till what well, everybody ate at the lodge and just left us. Um, I think me and you didn't get back till around eleven. Yeah, so if we would have shot it was, that, it was deer, about an it was about an hour riding the side by side. Dude, if we would have shot that deer, it would have been we would have been coming back in the morning when they were heading out. They would have been yeah. eating breakfast, and we would have been rolling in looking like a bunch of dumbasses well, they, with a big deer. They might have, I don't know, they might have been eating breakfast tagged out on two points, you know? But, yeah, I don't know. They were they were hammering down on the two points, that's for they, sure. Walk in there with a 170. God. Yeah. But that was a, I tried to cheat the system. I tried to, you know, we don't have long range out here. Uh, we have humidity. We don't have elevation. So I tried to, I tried to cheat the system and, and get that scope that was like, halfway already set up and that definitely cost me but i honestly believe that was a that was a kick in the ass like you got to respect this stuff dude like i made you hunt all this week and i give you a taste of what it could be like but because you want to be a cheap ass and (laughs) skirt the corners here i'm gonna just show you what it really takes in your defense though it would have been if we would have just had 30 more minutes of light oh dude if we we if we, we would have found him so much closer. If we would have found him an hour earlier, it would it would yep. have been a total game changer. But I mean that that's I just believe that's how the cards were dealt. 
And then yep. we – oh, you're talking about mad. Oh, my God, the flight home, that was horrible. So we, we pack up, get a good experience, figure out what we're going to do. Then they change the tag system up. So you're calling me. It was like, what, December 1st that they went off? Because the year before that, oh, yeah. the tags didn't go on sale to like February. So right. I'm sitting there at work, fat, dumb, and happy. You called me and was like, buy the tag now. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You're like, dude, they're selling out. Get online, buy the freaking tag. <laughs> and sure enough, that unit sells out. Um, we get in another unit that's clear across the map. But, you know, good-looking area, something that you've uh, heard that's got big deer in it. So we we pack up, try something new the next year, take the camper down. That, that was my biggest, like, who robbed the whole thing. Instead of being in the lodge, we were – Stuck to you know Austin's camper, our camper, and then chilling in there. That was that was a rad experience too. I'm telling you, well, I'm glad we had a camper and not a tent because <laughs> that those windstorms that we had to deal with and the snowstorms and oh my god, we got sicker and shit just from yes being outside and then going in a warm trailer, but the. A tent, we would have been real miserable all oh, week. Oh yeah, we would have had to. We would have had to warn uh, every bit of clothing that we had. Like no, no kidding. Even being in that valley, it still would have smoked us. We when sat we were the, on top of that ridge. When we were on top whoa. of that ridge, and it was blowing a hundred miles an hour. <laughs> I said, "Take get out, next... dude. We, we got a glass." So I ain't getting out. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you guys, guys have fun looking for nothing. <laughs> Those deer are hiding under the snow. You ain't lying. I was so mad, like, because it, it it doesn't make sense to me. You know, I'm here for a certain amount of days, and then, boom, it's snowing. And I'm, I'm like, we just got to screw it. We got to get out in the snow. And you're like, nah, dude, we'll be sucked in. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like, we got to go. And we get out there, and you can't see 100 feet in front of your face. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll shut up now. <laughs> but... Looking back, we definitely should have turned the valve for the uh, hot water heater. That would have been key. <laughs> yeah, I probably should have did that. <laughs> we're sitting in the camper, and heck, I didn't know no better. And we're sitting there, you're like, dude, we ain't got no hot water. I'm like, what? I'll take a cold shower. I got in there, I said, oh, crap, man. I'll just rub deodorant all over me. Yeah. That was oh. that water was ice cold. <laughs> but it was... um. It it was a cool experience. Like uh, I know you had gotten like really sick, and it uh, you was like, dude, I gotta if I don't take a nap and like try to get over this, I'm gonna be miserable the rest of the week. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just go walk around, do some looking, and uh, I think I did like 8.6 miles by myself that evening. Found a few bucks, you know, nothing to shoot at, but it was cool just being out there, you know, in the freaking unknown, never been there, could see for miles, but. I think that's my biggest attraction to coming out there is just the the mountains, the landscape, and and hopefully here soon a big-ass deer. <laughs> oh, it'll happen. It's going to happen sooner or later. I think within the next three years we'll be, we'll be uh, glassing one up. Oh, I know for a fact within three years you're going to kill at least, a, at least a 170. Got the money. <laughs> but, um, so... That's which that's that's kind of my story of things. Uh, what's going on in Utah now? I know y'all's elk season, archery season's in. I've been seeing a bunch of big velvet bucks take dirt. And uh, didn't you say you had an archery? Did you have an archery deer tag or archery elk? 
So I have the multi-season elk tag, um, so I can just hunt any, you know, any, any, any bull unit that I want to. Um, I can hunt in the archery, muzzleloader, rifle, or the extended archery. Um, I'll probably, for elk, I'll probably wait till the, um, either the muzzleloader or the extended archery, and then deer, um, I have an archery tag, but... I haven't even went out this year. Um, I'm just going to also wait for the extended, just try and shoot them in rut. Oh, yeah. But the I believe the archery hunt just ended, or is it? Yeah, ended on the 16th. So the archery hunt is now over. Um, now extended's starting. and um, But I instead of going out the last weekend for archery, I took out a couple youth hunters for the youth duck and goose hunt, watched them miss a lot of geese, <laughs> killed a That's couple. What you was telling me. Oh man, I was ready to take a gun from a kid. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it was long, hard watching. Oh, it was hard to watch fifty to sixty geese backpedal in the decoys and nothing fall. <laughs> Y'all, you, your grandpa's got a, a fat tag this year for a big elk, don't he? Yes, my well, my grandpa has a big deer tag. Oh, it's um, a big deer tag. Yeah, he drew a unit that I actually guide on and know really well. Oh. Um, and that that unit averages like in the last seven years, we've never we we've never not filled a tag. Um, but our our deer that are in there, like the most common deer in there, are one fifty to one seventy. Um, but there are every year we kill a couple hundred eighty, hundred ninety inch deer. And there's always that chance that there's going to be a 200 out there. I've seen them out there. We've killed a couple out there. It's And this year's looking like one of those years just with the amount of water we finally got and the rain. So the antler growth should be pretty good. Um, so I'm hoping he can shoot, him, shoot himself a big deer. Because I think the biggest deer he's ever killed was probably 150-inch 4 by 5 I think is yeah. what he killed. So I'd like to beat that for him. I'd love to see him oh, shoot a big nuts. deer. And while he's in his prime, for being, gosh, he's 70 years old, and for being 70 years old, that guy can hike a mountain is just as good as me. Yeah. And dude's tough as nails, and while he's in this good of shape, I'm glad he got this tag to where we can really help him get a good deer, and um, we're not just trying to shoot one from a road, you know? Right, right. And then my wife... Sierra, she, her grandpa also drew a big bull tag. And mm. it's the same unit that we killed that big bull on last year with my cousin. 390. No, oh, are you talking about the one with your cousin? What was he? I know y'all shot a 394 and then that other other bull. Um, The one that Morgan killed was 352, I believe, is I what was he smoking. went. I would shoot him twice. Oh, all day long. All day. <laughs> I think Morgan shot him three times. <laughs> <laughs> but... Once one day, uh, I actually just posted that video on TikTok today, and it is killing. <laughs> oh yeah, Nova Gray, dude, that heck yeah. But oh yeah, we were. Um, I was looking through some dates, and I got my schedule for uh, 2023 today, and I was looking at when my long breaks were hitting and stuff. If if we get uh, if we don't draw out this year um, and find out, you know, uh, whenever the draw comes back around. Uh, in in the summertime, if we don't draw out in 2023, I'm definitely going to be 
looking at doing. I don't care if we see a bull, hear a bull, it don't matter. But I'm gonna be coming my tail out there, and we are gonna get on the bows and go chase some bugle and elk. I got. I just got to know what it's like. Honestly, I think what we should do is hit a limited entry unit, which is a so for us with an any bull tag, we can hunt a spike on the limited entry units mm-hmm. here in Utah. And there's some goofy bulls out there. And in Utah, as long as one side is considered a spike, it can have a spike on his right side and his left side be a seven point, and oh, that's yeah, a legal yeah, spike. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a legal spike in the state of Utah, and they're out there. And I've had friends kill them. So, but even if you know, hell, I'll shoot a spike with my bow. It's goddamn right. Great, great meat, and you're loaded up for a year. So. Um, but you have the chance of shooting a freak too. So, um, I think if that, or we could even, you know, we could go hunt, um, an any bull unit and it's a little tougher, but you know, there's still elk there. I, I would definitely, I mean, shoot, it would make my skin crawl just, just to hear them freaking things, you know, screaming in the distance. But, uh, that that's that's the western side of things. So you you recently well I flew out there. You got married, which still blows my mind. Like hearing you say wife kills me. Like I'm like, what are you even talking? About? <laughs> but anyways, we flew out there and then turn around like two weekends later, you fly your tail out here. What what did you how like how hot was it when you left your house? It was like pushing 100, wasn't it? Yeah, when I left, we were in the like I think it was like 98 degrees when I left. But then, the humidity, the humidity was only like 20 percent somewhere in there. And you flew into like eighty-seven degrees with humidity of eighty-five, ninety percent. <laughs> All I know is when the when I stepped off that airplane, I was completely dripped in sweat. Yes, immediate swamp ass. <laughs> immediate. So so it we, gives me swamp ass thinking of it. <laughs> we had planned on jumping up there with my buddy Chad. And uh, and going to shoot these upstate geese like we normally do, but we always shoot them later in the year just because that's kind of when everybody has a little bit of time to get off. But but with my training this this go around, we was gonna have to do it Labor Day weekend. And he just wasn't sure of you know any kind of birds he had. Was it gonna be worth the while? And you know, and he was a little nervous on us coming all the way up. It's about a fifteen hour drive, and. And he, he kind of called it off, and he was like, look, dude, we got enough to kill, like, maybe 15 or 20, but we're not going to have a barn burner. And I kind of still wish we, we would have went just to do it, but we kicked it around here pretty solid. And honestly, it was it's probably been one of the worst years for early season geese that we've had. But uh, we, we managed a few birds. Uh, we had some boys uh, bait a pond right beside us and, and steal all our birds <laughs> from us, and we watched them that get was shot. Wild. That <laughs> but, was wild. We we managed a few and we had that eight pack come in and dump the whole flock. That was that was pretty. But um Yeah, that was fun. What did you think going from the mountain landscape, uh having that horizon, uh everything being dry, rocky, burn up, to, to coming down here to the quote unquote jungle, uh from <laughs> so what what was your thoughts on leaving the west and heading south? I loved every second down there. That place was fun, man. It's a completely different thing I'm used to. Here, here we can look. I can look a hundred miles to my north and a hundred miles to the south, and I can look, you know, twenty miles to my west and see nothing but mountains. And um, 
going out there to where you can only see 20 yards and it's nothing but trees. <laughs> that was that was different. I'm like, oh, no wonder why he don't have spot and scopes. And yeah, I was like, a spot and scope? What, what is a spot and scope? <laughs> Best thing <laughs> we got is yeah. a three by nine. I'm like, you guys don't even need scopes here. You guys just have <laughs> iron sights. <laughs> we just flip it up on our muskets and shoot. <laughs> I was hoping. Oh, man. I was hoping I put you in that deer stand. I was hoping that we would, you at least get a nice. We had a bunch of nice bucks coming by, but it was the time of the year that they were starting to shed that velvet. And when they start shedding it, it's just they go berserk. They go all different directions and get on that winter path. But we, you come close. You had like a row of fifteen does come in on you. But that, <laughs> yeah, and then and then that other deer that came in that we don't know what it was, but oh yeah, that came in late. But it's a, he it's, came in he came in late, and um, I didn't even know he was there. But that wind had switched and blew straight down to where you said them deer were coming out of. Uh, and as soon as that wind switched, I just heard something take off. About he probably only had a band sixty to eighty yards in front of me, but I yep. couldn't even see him because how thick your guys' stuff is. I'm telling you, it's especially early season in there. In a stand, you gotta have you gotta be hunting. Uh, you you're on top of them when you're hunting because you you can't see far. It's just so thick and green. It, it's a different different experience for sure. Oh yeah, and I and I've only ever hunted in a tree stand. That was the second time I've ever hunted a tree stand in my life. <laughs> I know. I was like looking around when we went out there. I'm like, dude, what are we gonna set a stand up at? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't like. There's a couple of my friends that do still set up tree stands here, but they're usually the guys that do that have private property that they have a pond on that, you know, deer or elk are coming to water on and on them water holes here, that's where our, our wind's always swirling. So if you're on the ground, you better have a good ground blind because you're going to get winded or get up in the stand. And so some of my buddies do do that, but, um, for the most part, I think the last time I hunted a tree stand, I was in high school. <laughs> so, ten years ago. Yeah. It, it's like, but um, it was it was definitely different. That's for sure. But I I, think, it, I had a blast, even though we didn't. You know, we we our whole plan was to go up to New York. Uh, I had nothing but a good time staying in South Carolina and doing what we did. I kind of, you know, just to enjoy it and stay there at your place you've been to my place a bunch of times and i haven't even been to your place once and i'm it. like god we're gonna you're gonna pick me up from the airport and i'm not even gonna go to blake's house <laughs> yeah so we uh so it, it was a cool experience um you know we found a few birds it, it took like five gas tanks to find birds but we found a few <laughs> some that's what it takes yeah we we got on them and, and made it happen then we shoot finished off at the lake um Hanging out with some boys, it was a good time, no no joke. But I definitely think, I would say our hopefully our next hunting experience is gonna be uh, limited entry mule deer. That would be the the best outcome. But if not, once this year gets by, dude, and first of the year hits, and I'm out of this outage, out of this training, and back on scale with uh with this new job, I can uh got plenty of vacation, got tons of breaks, uh seven day breaks in my schedule that that we can plan something. I definitely want to – been talking to those guys, that Columbia Coast out there, uh, Washington. I think you and I got a plan – I mean, which we got to hunt geese this time, but we, we haven't chased ducks, and that's how we met duck calling. You know what I mean? And we, we definitely right. got to plan us some kind of – just something different than we're used to, uh, whether it be something Oklahoma, uh, 
go to Missouri, uh, do a spec hunt. I don't care, you know, something just different than what we're used to. Yeah, that'd be that'd be well. We we even tossed around the idea of going up to Washington and shooting sea ducks. Yeah, I mean harlequins, uh, eiders. I don't care. You know, I'm I'm down for it all. <laughs> Gold knives. Uh, yeah, you, you ain't got to twist my leg. I'm ready to kill something anytime. Jesus. So I'm ready to I'm ready to go at all times. I definitely think that'll be our our next hunting experience. But within the within the next five years, we ought to kill a fat mule deer. We ought to at least. Did you see the? the elk that uh michael waddell shot the other day like it was a in my opinion a dink but he just talked about the story of how it all you know played out how he come in everything was perfect that's that's gonna be me i go out there and the little scrub scrub elk is gonna come flying in there on us at like four yards i'm gonna stick it in his eyeball and let him have it like there's gonna be no holding me back but within the next within the next five years between me and you we ought to have some pretty sick hunts lined up Oh yeah, there's we got plenty coming. That's for sure. Um, uh, the one I think if you draw that late season mule deer tag out here, man, we're gonna we're gonna see some stuff happen. Oh, I'm afraid. Because the great the great thing about that tag is we'll be on some private ground with a buddy. Um, there's giant deer there that time of year. He sees 200 inch bucks every year during that hunt, and he can't even shoot them and it's on his own ground that's a good thing that's a good thing but also we'll be able to have a bull tag in our pocket oh yeah so yeah. you were telling me about that we can shoot a you'll be able to shoot a big deer and a big elk god nerd <laughs> that's the goal man i'm gonna pack like two extra pair of pants in my pack because if we find a deer and we put the move on him and we and i make a good shot and everything just falls into place i'm gonna shit my pants there's no way around it I'm gonna cry on the mountain and I'm gonna shit my pants. That's that's a given. We thought that. I mean, I was talking a big game. I'm like, dude, I'll down a bottle of whiskey if I shoot a big old buck, and never, never even drank alcohol. And uh, we we smoked that deer on the side of the mountain, and we're sitting there, you know, cleaning him up and getting the quarters off, and I'm putting the legs in the bag and stuff. And you look back at me and say, "Hey, Blake, you drug that. You couldn't even tell it was a Coors Light. Like it was." It was a gray can, and it had been in your bag for like three years, and it was like, you remember what you said? And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. So, yeah, definitely with within the next five years, five might even be a, uh, an exaggeration, probably within the next three, because uh, that's, a, that's a long time between me coming there, you coming here, turkey season, shooting, you know, I mean, there, there ain't no telling. We, we're going to have some pretty epic hunts between the two of us. I got a very good feeling of it. Oh, 100%. But so jumping from the hunting thing, how we met and all that and everything, introducing the podcast, roll into um, what we got going on with the shirts and everything, uh, how we're bouncing designs off of each other. Uh, you, you sent me a logo not too long ago with the, the mallard face. Dude, I, I think, honestly think that as a hat might be pretty sick. Yeah, just do one of the, I think we should do like the patch logo and... Um, just one of them sew-on patches, slap that thing on a yep. hat. That'd be sweet. Have some yeah, color that, to it. That would be dirty, not going to lie. Like, even if you just did the the duck and, and we left it as, like, a just a logo in the corner of the patch or something, you know, I mean, it, I definitely think that would be sick. But, but basically, we're bringing the wrecking crew. Like, back in 2010, I had Carolina Style, and 
uh, that's when Decoy Outdoors and everybody was doing t-shirts and, you know, it was just a flooded t-shirt market. So kind of let it die down. Uh, it went big around here, but I'm now I'm wanting to transpire everything into Wrecking Crew and that way, I mean, I don't care if anybody buys it, but for uh, for our sake, in the field, have hunting hoodies, have shirts wear, you know, just have swag to put on and, and go places with. I get tired of wearing other people's stuff. I'd like to wear my own, you know? I'm the same way. I'd rather just wear stuff that we made and thinks cool. I don't care if anybody else really thinks it's cool, as long right. as it's me and you or whatever. Who else likes it? That's fine, but I know there's some boys that want to wear it, and there, you got oh, a handful yeah. of people always hitting you up to get more stuff out, and that's what we're doing. I definitely think uh, I, I revamped the website the other night, and uh, once we get the products in, get get all the new orders in and and take pictures and get it on the web we'll we'll start back releasing that out and and then man just pick a couple trade shows out of the year whether whether we think we'll do good at them or not i'd love to pack up and uh you know join in with somebody or something at the utah expo that you always talk about that that thing's got to be giant if you want to see like just absolutely everything there is to do out here in the west like hunting wise that's the place to do it they have from mountain lion hunting bear hunting there's even african safari hunt guys that are there there's um chad mendez usually has his fins and feathers booth out there um donald trump jr shows up um like it's huge and it's giant it's the biggest big game expo that they have to offer um, you get to see the live auctions where they sell these big tags like Antelope Island where it's going for $310,000 for a mule deer. That's what I was about to mention. God, that's when, nuts. When you sit in that auction room and you watch that money fly, it makes you feel like an ant. You don't feel like you even <laughs> be in that same room. Do I, I, as hell, I can't afford. I can't afford that shit. God, no. But, you what's, just cool, paid... but what's cool about that, that antelope hunt this year is... My buddy, his, the guy that he guides for bought it and then donated that tag. He, be, he paid $310,000 out of his own pocket and donated that to a wounded veteran. And my buddy's actually guiding that this year. And it's, it's going to be wild. I got to go out there and sell trail cameras with him. And there's some giants. Just giants. That, just, just thinking about that, like... I know the housing market and everything in Utah is a lot different than than here in South Carolina, but that's that's three of my houses. <laughs> what <laughs> you know? Yep. <laughs> God, but that is yep. that is awesome that he can he can do that and donate. I know that's one hell of a tax write off, but just to just to have the opportunity to do it and then to donate it to a wounded warrior, giving back that's. That's pretty freaking epic, and and you've been sending me snaps from from old boy out there glassing up giant mule deer, and I'm just sick to my stomach. But getting back on the the clothing thing, I, I think we'll have within by October, by the middle of October, we'll have three or four new shirt designs, probably hoodies uh, tacked on that as well. And then um, if we can get our hat guys right, we'll have some sweet leather patches coming and some uh, stitch patches. I'm just just try to dibble and dabble in in all kinds of new things and keep keep the keep the wave keep the wave going and and just keep something new out there on the market. Hundred percent. But other other than that, man, uh, I'm about talked out, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I could talk about hunting this whole time, but hundred percent. Yeah. 
I think it's time just, for us to go uh, go hunt on the Xbox, huh? Oh, dude. So <laughs> as big of as big of hunters, and so I'm sitting here with my mic and everything, and I got 68 inches of curved monitor screen. I got my editing pulled up and everything, but you got to put all that away. You know, I mean. We work all day, and then we come home, and we work on the computer, work in the yard, doing something. It's work, 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 work. And then you're like, ain't no way Blake plays the Xbox. Dude, we'll get dirty on the hunting games on the <laughs> Xbox. So, <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to toss this thing in this podcast up, episode one, and then I'm going to hit this little Xbox button. Me and Tate's going to get on a party, and we're going to go find some giant Roosevelt elk and show yeah. them the business. <laughs> what i'm talking about well dude i appreciate you jumping on here and uh it's about time we got this thing kicked off man uh you know it, it'll go if it goes uh if it don't i don't care but uh we definitely got some uh we got me uh seth and clayton coming up we're gonna talk about clayton's first uh arkansas trip and if anybody knows clayton if you don't you should if you do you know this is gonna be a pretty epic uh if i can get him to talk he might be a little nervous but uh, if I, I can get him to talk, I, I, I can't wait to hear that podcast because you and Seth are going to tear him up, and it is going to be hilarious. So I just hope he can understand Seth. If you can understand him talking, then it, then it'll be good. But shit, um, all three after, of you guys in a room, I can't understand shit. <laughs> Tate looks at me and said, "What did he say?" <laughs> But I definitely, the highlight of this, the main reason it all got started is uh, get me, my dad, and my grandpa together and just, just tell some war stories of the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. See how hunting's transpired, like, through me. Uh, hell, same way with you, you know, how you were brought up, how you've done things. And I definitely think this will be a, a cool way of portraying how we are and what we do in the world today. And Man, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to getting on the mic and and bringing some cool stuff to y'all. So, Tate, I really appreciate it, dude. Uh, hopefully, we can get these phone calls transpired across the United States, and maybe it'll link up okay. But if not, oh well. Um, I really appreciate you jumping on here, man. I'll uh, I'll see you on the next one. Hell yeah, buddy. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Later, dude. All right, guys. So that was the wrap. First episode of the Spent Shells podcast, and uh. I think it was pretty good. Uh, we No scripts, no nothing. All we did was pack on some things we've experienced and uh, how we do this, how we didn't do it, how we should have did it, how it worked and how it didn't. And, buddy, I can promise you we got plenty of failures that we've learned from. So, anyways, we'll, uh, we'll catch you on the next one. we got some cool episodes coming, and that's a wrap. Later. <laughs>